to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the series of movies that I love and talk about a simple pleasure movie, which is Music and Lyrics, starring Drew Barrymore and Hug Grant. I remember meeting a teenager, and uh, I don't know how the conversation of Hugh Grant came up, but they, but they, they oh, his name's not Hug Grant, and I'm like, God, this just shows you how bad public school education is. That a student, a teenager, would think that H-U-G-H, they see that name so rarely that they think it's going to be pronounced Hug. Either way, music and lyrics, this is maybe a rom-com that you've not seen. It came out, I would say, I think it was about 2007, and the reason I love this movie is particularly singular to my music tastes so if you don't know this movie i will give you the basic plot point the basic plot point is this hugh grant is a outdated has been who used to be part of an 80s new wave band which was called pop and pop is essentially a ripoff of Wham! Because they both have exclamation points. So you know like the, the old George Michael, Andrew Ridge band? It wasn't Wham! It was Wham! With an exclamation point. So he plays this character called Alex Fletcher, who was essentially the Andrew Ridgely of Wham! And they called themselves Pop! And what happened was, he was the songwriter. And the George Michael equivalent of Pop stole the last songs of their last album and used it for his first solo project and became world famous. So, of course, that's going to be George Michael's fate. And so Alex Fletcher, it's 15 years later, and he's essentially performing at amusement parks and high school reunions, and he's making some money off the residuals of being part of, essentially, Wham! And that's where we meet him. So he's kind of in an out, down and out position. He has an agent played by Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond, the brother. And he enters a competition where it's not essentially a competition, but the Britney Spears equivalent of the of the time in this movie called Cora, Cora Corman, played by Haley Bennett, has this reaches out to him and tells him that he has a, a certain amount of days to write a song that she really liked his music back in the day. And so he's like, oh my God, this is great. But really she has like 10 different, what they, what she calls retro artists doing uh, a song. And so she's just going to pick the best one. So clearly this could resurrect Alex's career. And he is a melody maker, but he's not a lyricist. So he hires a couple people to try to write lyrics. But Cora wants a love song called Way Back Into Love. She already has the title. title. So he needs to come up with the melody in, in the words. So a couple people he hires do, doesn't work. And so while he's trying these people out, Drew Barrymore is, I mean, this is strange, a plant girl. She waters plants. And she overhears the conversation he's having with one of the kind of acerbic 
lyricist, and starts humming lyrics. And so he notices that she might just be a natural lyricist. So he convinces her, who he doesn't know, he's just a complete stranger, to help him write this song. So because he's going to do the melody and she's going to come up with the lyrics. So uh, as all rom-coms, of course, you know, there's a timetable, there's a deadline. And eventually they do fall in love and they write this song. And eventually uh, it is chosen by Cora, of course. And then Cora afterwards wants to change it and make it like an up-tempo Britney Spears kind of song because she's essentially an avatar for Britney Spears. And Alex, of course, is like, I don't care. Do whatever you want because this is going to make me famous. And Drew Barrymore's character is like, no, this the, I wrote the lyrics to this. This song's meant to be a ballad. It's supposed to be earnest. It's supposed to be vulnerable. And so they kind of have a falling out over this because Alex is only thinking about the money. And then eventually what happens is in the final scene, uh, Cora asks Alex to sing this at Madison Square Garden because she's doing a, a, a performance there. And Drew Barrymore, a side, a side story is that she's got a sister, older sister, played by the, the woman from uh, Third Rock from The Sun. And, and they have a daughter. She has a daughter. So she goes to the concert because the daughter likes Cora Coleman. And so Alex comes out and essentially pours his heart out to Drew Barrymore's character. And the song comes on and it's a piano. And so she realizes that he agreed with her and kept it a ballad. And so she comes up at the end, they kiss, blah, 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 and he sings the the Way Back Into Love song uh, as a ballad with Cora, and then they end up together. So why do I like this movie? Well, the main reason I like this movie is because I loved 80s New Wave. I loved Wham! and Depeche Mode and Erasure and Pet Shop Boys and The Cure New Order. So this movie was really perfect for me. And... You know, Hugh Grant, I would say, is probably most famous for Notting Hill and uh, Love Actually. But I find him to be the most endearing in this movie. And, of course, he's doing the classic, uh, uh, you know, stuttering that he does because that's classic romantic comedy, Hugh Grant. But what, what makes it so appealing to me is that he puts himself out there. So if you look at... His previous works, he's not singing or dancing. So the movie opens with him in the pop music video from like 1984 where he's singing with the George Michael other guy and they're singing uh, Pop Goes My Heart, which is one of their hits. So it's the music video for Pop Goes My Heart. And so Hugh Grant is dancing and singing and dressing 80s, 80s outfits, 80s hair. And so it's just great to see the movie open up with that. And then he's singing throughout the movie at high school reunions and at amusement parks. And so it's just it's just cute to see him kind of branch out a little and, and, and make fun of himself. Because, you know, it, it is. Like, how many actors would do that? Not a lot. So he, he does that, which makes it kind of charming. So it has that kind of element that I love, the 80s new wave music. Now let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about the other feeds that we have here at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. We have the Awakened Man, which has been around since the spring of 2017, which mostly focuses on having men and women reach their full potential by knowing about toxins in the food, big pharma cover-ups, and ways to biohack your life. 
We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which is a channel that originally started as an essential oils channel. And there's about 65 essential oils that are broken down over there. And then more recently, about two years ago, I just pivoted and made it more about female holistic health and naturopathic health because I'm a big proponent of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And lastly, we have the Confessions of an Obese Child feed, which I started in January 2017, which chronicles what it's like to be an overweight child. I was an overweight child and I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 plus years. So it's a channel, like if you have disordered eating or had a dysfunctional childhood, how to deal with that, how to how to function with that, and also discusses and I interview various people that have a similar background of dysfunctional childhood, binge eating, binge drinking, and how to deal with that. And there's a lot of great interviews over there. So those are the three other feeds at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now let's get back to the show. So it kind of has that cuteness to it with Hugh Grant, you know, being vulnerable. Then Drew Barrymore, I'm not a big Barrymore fan. You know, I think the younger generations kind of know her, I guess, from her talk show. I've, I don't think young people would be watching midday talk shows. They might know her from the Charlie's Angels movies. They might know her from E.T. Certainly she's been in the zeitgeist for 40 years. And as a whole, I don't think she's had that great of a movie career, but she is very winning in this movie. She looks great. She uh, looks really attractive in this movie, and I'm not a big Barrymore fan. I've never really found her to be that cute. But she looks great in this movie, and she's just really cute. And they do have good chemistry. They do have good chemistry, and she does a good job. And the main reason I like this movie, aside from just Hugh Grant, 80s New Wave, is because I think it does it gives a good backstory to like how a song is made. Because one of the discussions or debates that, that Alex and Drew Barrymore's character, I always forget what her name is, have is what is more important sophie fisher that's right sophie fisher so what alex and sophie have is what is more important the music or the lyrics and i think this is something that is very universal because you're probably going to side on one over the other music or lyrics and so it's an interesting debate that they have about it and i would say what is more of the kind of wormwood earwood that that really gets into our head my my daughter was recently, my six-year-old was recently exposed to Sound of Music. I, I showed it to her the first time. And it's such a great movie. I mean, I should just do an episode on like, what? why can't we do movies like that anymore? And she's humming along the song. She's not humming the words. So it's the melody that really gets to that subconscious part of you. You know, you get stuck in your head, for example. But I think it's the lyrics then that bring that song to a higher level of being iconic. You think of like the Beatles yesterday. Yesterday, I think, is the most covered song of human history. Now, yesterday's got a beautiful melody. But if it's a beautiful melody and Paul's talking about grass growing, it's not iconic, right? So it's a song that's wistful. It's a song about regret. And so we can all relate to that. So I would say in terms of like, you can have great lyrics, but if the melody's crap, it, it's really going to hurt the song. So I would personally think that melody is more important, but that lyrics are important, but lyrics are what elevate it. But if I had to choose one being more important than the other, it's probably going to be melody. Because, I mean, think of songs that have an, in, an incredibly catchy melody, but have the stupidest lyrics of all time. Think of, I don't Macarena. Think of I'm Too Sexy. Think of shake it off you know there's there's so many songs that like what am i singing what does this mean think of wannabe by spice girls half of the words in that song 
are, are like British colloquialisms or just made up words. But that song is catchy. So look, it's the melody that's more important. Either way, music and lyrics, I love it. The, the two main songs from it, uh, Pop Goes My Heart, it's a great little pop catchy song. And Way Back Into Love, it's a, it's, it's a very syrupy ballad. But both songs are great. The movie is just really cute. So if you do like rom-coms, which I do, you know, I like rom-coms that are well-made because it's just like, it's just a creature comfort. I, I notice the older that I get, I just, I can't watch dark nihilistic stuff. I might do an episode on Ray Finds the Menu, that movie that came out last year. But I was watching that, and I had to turn it off halfway. It was just too dark. I cannot watch nihilistic dark stuff the older I get. So I just kind of turn more toward rom-coms and comedies. But that's just me. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on anybody who likes super dark stuff. Like, for example, May and I were talking yesterday about Heathers. I loved Heathers when I was in high school when it came out. But now I won't watch it because, I mean, think about the whole plot of Heathers. It's, it's kind of a kind of a dark movie but by the way maybe that's a future episode guys i'll post something over at the cinema rec facebook group let me know what you think of music and lyrics there's two links in the episode notes one's for paypal to make a donation help defray the cost of the hosting this on the server because i don't make any money off of this and the other one is a link to the the website that hosts all of the eclectico gregorio stuff until next time take care god bless and pray Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rack. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow The Rag today. Until next time.